Hey, hey, welcome to The Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's a-okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today we are sharing the second part of Yvette's story. If you haven't listened to episode four, go back and give that a listen before you tune into this one. I don't want you to miss anything. There was so much that we unpacked and we didn't want to leave anything out. And that's why it's split into two episodes. When we went to Dr. Scott, I didn't walk away ever saying, man, this was such a good session. But the further away we got from Dr. Scott, like the longer that it had been since we worked with him, the more clear things became. And I felt the same way when I went to a therapist on my own, except it was a little bit different. I was much older then, and I had a much better idea of what I was looking to gain, but I knew that I needed someone to help, you know, I needed a guide to help me get through there. Right. And the whole thing with coaching is that you, you, Yvette would have gotten to where you are on your own, but without a coach, maybe it would have taken longer right? That's all it is. And so for me, when I saw a therapist, I would have gotten to where I got eventually, but it would have taken longer to navigate through that. Um, She compressed time for me. And, but there really is something to be said for every week on the same day, I was driving to her office. I was sitting in her office and for an hour, it was solely talking about all the things that were in my head and getting them out and sorting through them, which in and of itself caused me to get results just because I had that time and to sort through them and move forward. And you started moving forward through things very quickly. You were very committed to working and oh yeah, <laughs> digging in. You were not afraid of that. You'd already been doing some of that on your own anyway. Yeah. And somewhere shortly after we started working together, um, you actually got to the place where you were like, you know what, maybe I am ready to be open to even just think that possibly I might be ready to consider a relationship. And when we first started working together, the day we did our blue skies call together, <laughs> I asked you, will you please rate certain things on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. And when I asked you about your mindset and relationships, you were like five, like, like uh, it's not relationships with kids, but, or your parents, but just relationships and yeah. your mindset about that. You were like five and out of 10. And then I asked you, where do you think you might see yourself? And you were like in seven years or something like that. I think I asked you just because I was curious to know where you were. And you were like, yeah, I am still single. I am on my own. I'm going to live in this city and I'm just looking for friendship, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, periodically I, we revisit some of those things that we talk about on the blue skies call and your numbers went from like five to seven to eight to nine, you know, that kind of thing. But the point where you were like, you know what, I am open to a relationship. How did you know you were ready? So I will definitely say also, as you were talking about like meeting um, with like a therapist or a life coach, the other thing I thought about too, because I was thinking about a lot of the things that I got from 
meeting with you as well was that I gave myself permission to start putting myself first, but there was still a little bit of doubt. Like, how dare I, how dare I give myself that permission? Like, yeah, my kids are thriving. Yeah. I'm getting along with them. Yeah. Things seem really great and we're doing better, but like, eh, am I going to be that person? Like, what does everybody get to else think about that? Like, am I really, is that, you know, is that okay? Like, am I still a good mom if I do that? Um, there's that yeah. whole definition okay. of good mom. <laughs> and I think in talking to having that person that you meet with and they kind of are on their own without you even really asking for it, telling you and pouring into you as well, you're doing a great job with this look at how your kids are doing this because I was just going through thinking like, yeah, it's fabulous. We're getting along. But then for somebody else to say like, do you know, like when you do this, they're learning this, or do you, have you ever thought about when you say that, how that's going to be for them in five years because they saw this. And then it would really kind of like even more strengthen this idea that like, oh, that's right. Yeah. So it feels right inside for me, but those doubts that I still had that like, yeah, it feels right for me, but is everybody like, is that still okay? Is that still right? then it really started to feel like, yeah, it's right because it's right for me and the kids and that's all that matters. But I still at that time needed a little bit of somebody else kind of pouring in and telling me that that was okay. And that we as women are allowed to do that. And that I wasn't alone, that like all women kind of feel that way. And that a lot of, well, I mean, a lot of women feel that way. And that a lot of us go through those same kind of things and feelings and doubts and worries about what it is to be good mom or show up for your family or show up for yourself and all of these things that like we go back and forth. And so I think that doing all of those things, I really started to feel much more confident in the decisions I was making because for years I had been in a situation where I doubted myself. I doubted my decisions. I doubted if I was doing things right, if I was doing things wrong, there was a lot of that. And then a lot of like, especially towards the end of the marriage, a lot of just not really feeling confident as far as like my intelligence anymore, because I hadn't worked for so long. Was I even capable of doing that again? Would I be able to remember the things that I could remember before? Because I'd had so much chemotherapy and a lot of those drugs like do affect like your ability and your skill. Was I, could I even date? Because now I'm older and am I even like going to be able to, you know, date anyone? Do I feel as attractive? All these other doubts and things and that you'd have to go through again. And so I started to finally get to a point where it was like, you know what? One, days are just going to keep going by if, if I don't try it. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to know. And honestly, I really did kind of at first talk to friends who told me, oh, it's dreadful and you're going to have horrible stories. And there's all that. And I was just like, oh God, but they all said the same thing. Yeah, but you got to do it anyways. I was like, why do I have to do it? That sounds ridiculous. Why would I ever want to do something that's going to be horrible? That sounds terrible. Don't tell yeah. me to do it. And they were like, no, no, you still have to do it. Like there's people we know that like have really great success. Like go try to, you know, try to meet people. And I was just like, oh, that's, that sounds horrible. Like, I think I'm fine. Me, the kids we're good. Like we can stay up and watch movies on Fridays. Why would I want to do this? But I knew that I really wanted somebody to share life with and do partnership with. And I love that. I love that idea of just inside jokes with somebody and going out and trying places and travel. Like I wanted that. I really, really did. Um, I was just afraid to say that I wanted it because then I could be disappointed and then like end up with some, without what I wanted. Right. And so I really did. I ended up doing online dating which was, oh goodness, that, that when you're in your forties is just like a whole, let's not even, there could be a, a whole podcast on that probably for sure. Um, Somebody probably does one. Cause I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I assume we should find them and let you be a guest uh, on theirs too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
But yeah, so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what it is. And I kind of went online and went, well, which are the ones that seem less dreadful and no offense to like online dating apps. Cause they're probably fantastic. But in my head as an introvert, I was like, this is probably the worst thing ever. Like I'm going to have to write about myself, post pictures of myself. Like what is the minimum amount of pictures required? Can I do that? Like just, it was just horrible. It was just like goodness. Um, but I did it because I kind of really went in honestly with the mindset. This will probably be a scientific experiment in like that leads to just ridiculous failure but I will have hilarious stories to tell my friends. And then I will be like, remember how you said it's bad? Oh yeah, it's bad. It's, it's really, really bad. bad. In fact, yeah. it's super bad. And now I'm part of your club and we can talk about all the bad things that like <laughs> happen when you're on online dating. Um, so that's really kind of the attitude I had with it, where it was just like, at this point, really, it'll just be like, I, I mean, nothing bad's good. I'm just going to get on and I'm going like, to I'm going to have conversations. The worst case scenario. Yeah. I have a bunch of really hilarious stories to tell and it is what it is. Like I'm a grown adult. This, it's fine. Let's do this. Um, and so I did. And sure enough. Yeah. I think like, I think I told you this, like within the first couple, like maybe the first week or so, I don't remember anymore, but I was like, oh, this is insane. This is madness. I don't know if I can do this. And I think I just turned off my account. Like I turned it off so that I wouldn't just get all these random messages. Cause I didn't know how to maneuver this. Like you just start getting messages from people and which ones do you answer and which ones you don't and which ones are like, and, and I had this paranoia, like maybe they're all just robots. Maybe none of these people are real people. And I, then I'm going to waste my time talking to a robot. Um, so yeah, so it was just, it was crazy. And then I went back in with a different aspect, like, you know what, just, just take it slowly and you can be in control of the situation. Nobody's, nobody's sitting there waiting, like for you to answer. Like if you answer, you answer, and then it continues on. And if you don't, that doesn't make you a bad person. It means, okay, that wasn't meant to be. So I took a little bit more control of like, let me, instead of like just taking in a bunch of messages, let me go on and see which, you know, profiles of people I might be interested in. Where are we compatible in certain ways? Things like that. And yeah, I pushed myself to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to meet people. I'm going to go for this coffee or I'm going to go do this. And that's its own thing too. Like, this is going to be super weird. And I was lucky in that, you know, when I definitely did go the first time out on a date with somebody, it was a very kind person, really nice. We had a good conversation. He'd been married a long time and then ended up divorced, had several kids. I had been married. So it was more just like a conversation of us both saying things we'd been through. Um, and so it was really, really nice. And, and again, I had, I definitely had dates where it was like that, where it was just like, oh, nice conversation with nice people. I definitely had situation where it was like, oh, this, I don't know, um, this person might try to murder me in the woods, but like, <laughs> no, but yeah. not really. Like it was more jokeful, <laughs> right. but just like, well, I'm not feeling the vibe here. And so, yeah, no. Um, but, and then I ended up like, n- not fairly after that, like I had met, uh, I met somebody who we seemed to really get along immediately. Like his profile was just like absolutely sarcastically witty, hilarious. I thought there's no way this can be written by a real person. Absolutely not. No way. And so I don't have senses of humor. I I remember writing and just being like, Hey, if you actually wrote this, like, or if somebody wrote this for you, I think I said like, you owe them 20 bucks because it's fantastic. (laughs) Like it brought me so much humor. So That's your opening line. That's your, yeah. I think we were trying because I was like, serious. Cause I think he, like I, I, he'd written a bunch of different answers and I was just like, I I love this and this. I was like, but I don't want to be a stalker and just like, like all the different things that you wrote. So I was like, so I'm just going to tell you flat out. This was hilarious. Like 
absolutely phenomenal. Like if you wrote it, kudos to you. If you didn't, you owe somebody 20 bucks and a really good dinner because it's fantastic. Like um, I think that's the other thing is like, I really went into it with the idea that from, from, from the moment I, I, I talk to anybody online, I'm going to, I'm just going to be myself as far as personality is concerned. And I have a very quirky personality, a very sarcastic, like sense of humor. And I didn't want to love be your like, personality. Yeah. Best I love my humor. personality. I love our banter. <laughs> We're like, I don't know, looking back over our time when we were in Europe at the same time. And some of our conversations at coffee, I feel like we were real life Gilmore girls that nobody wrote those, those lines. Cause some of the stuff we came up with was pretty crazy. Oh, gold. Gold. Yeah. 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 I like we, we could, have, we could like have charged tickets for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I think that's how I felt about it. Like if I, I think because I spent so much time not being myself in my marriage, it was just like, that was a core value for me. Like if I'm going to go online, I'm going to be me and that's either going to work for somebody or it's going to like, if it, if from the very beginning, it doesn't work from somebody, then that's not for me. And I know a lot of people tell you like, oh, well, you should kind of, you know, ease into the things that, you know, like, be, you know, start out this way and be kind of don't throw everything. And for me, it wasn't, it was just like, no, I'm just going to be really like, be myself from the very beginning. And that's either going to work or it isn't because I don't, I, and I was honest about this too. Like, I was like, I don't need somebody. I'm fine. Right. I, I love my kids, but I would someone. like somebody yeah. Yeah. like if, if I meet the right person who can enjoy all that is this, that is me. And I can, and I have a good time, like hanging out with them. Cool. And if not, that's okay. Like I'm still gonna have a really good life. Like I'm still going to be perfectly fine. Um, I was at that place. And I guess that's how you know that you're ready because I knew that like, I wasn't looking for anybody to fill something or because I needed it. It was more because like, Oh, I would like to share life with someone if I find the person who wants to also share life with me in with the same core values that I have. So like, I think that that's when I was talking to people, I was very much myself. I was very much my personality that. And so like when I met um, like Trey online, that's how it was. Like our conversations from the very, very beginning were completely honest, completely open. He had just also ended a really long marriage and was really honest about the fact that he didn't know if he was ready for dating. He was just kind of like still really sad and mourning that loss and all that came with like that marriage ending. Um, mm -hmm. And so at first it was almost like we just were really good online friends kind of working through the grief because I was a little bit further along in that. And he was at the same place I was, but still kind of really sad about like how things went. And so we just talked about a lot of things. We shared about a lot of things. We had similar senses of humor. We would just stay up and laugh. And like that quickly transitioned into like phone calls and we would talk to each other and just like long, long hours. And I'm not a phone person. Like I'm not, I don't like being on the phone for a long, long time, but it was different with him. It really was just like, we were talking and I found myself in a place where I had found somebody who was pouring into me at a time that I needed it when I didn't really have a lot of trust in men still. And he was able to be really open, wear his heart on his sleeve, be really emotional, like tell me all these things that were like, that he saw in me that he was like, you know, like these are all these things. Like, if you don't know this, like I, I remember him saying like, we're going to stop right now. Like, I need you to stop right now. And I need you to open your heart up. And he would just be like, you are an amazing mom. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You're kind. You're compassionate. You're giving to all the people around you. You're a really hard worker. You're super smart. Like just all these things that he would say. And then he'd be like, I'll close that up. He's like, and I want you to hold that. And then he's like, and if I have to do that every day, then we're going to do that every day. He's like, but you need to know that. Cause I want you to know that. Cause I like, I 
care about you and I want you to know like how amazing you are. And so just the fact that like another man could be willing and want to do that and pour into me and take his time. Like he didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, oh, it's fun talking to you. But he wanted to really, really be affectionate and open and honest and loving. And I didn't know that that existed. I was very still. There was still part of me that was like, "Eh, I don't really know that that maybe somebody like just want to hang out and have fun. But the fact that they would want to sacrifice as much as I love to like really love another partner, that they would also want to love me back in the same way. It gave me a lot of hope and it really filled me with a lot of like, wow, this is out there. So all these people that I admire, because I mean, I admire your relationship with your spouse. I I admire like several friends that I have. I admire my parents' relationship, but I kind of thought, okay, all those guys are taken. There's none of those guys left. And now I'm going to have to get somebody that's not like that. And so now I had this person, I'm like, oh, there, there are people like that. So yeah. So it gave me a lot of hope about what could be. And it gave me the ability to kind of be there for somebody and love on somebody and talk to them and, share a lot of things with them and then also have them really, really show up for me because I wasn't really used to that. I didn't know how to have that. I remember one time I was at his house and I had a sandwich that I'd brought over and it was in the fridge. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go ahead and eat the sandwich. And he said, Oh, I'll go get it for you. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll bring it. And so I was like, okay. And he like put it on a plate and like put a little like thing on the side and like arrange the whole thing with a little napkin and cut it in half for me. And like he brought it to me and was like, here you go. And I just started crying. And he was like, why are you crying? I was like, cause this is the sweetest thing ever. Like you brought it to me, you cut it, you brought me a napkin. Like you even brought me. And he was like, oh my gosh, if I knew that this was going to be such a thing, he's like, I would have like brought special pickles for the side and little like flags for the sandwich. He was like, I, and it just, he brought it up later. He said, it kills me that all of your life, like you've loved and given so much to like your family and all the people around you. And like, and yet you cry because somebody brings you a sandwich. Like that's all you really want. Like that would bring you so much joy of somebody just doing that little thing for you. Um, And so, yeah, he was like that. He really, really showed me that like somebody else wants to give to you as much as you love giving as well. Um, So it was just, it was a phenomenal thing to find somebody like that and then have that as the first really, really strong thing after such a long time of me feeling like maybe I just wasn't going to find that. And I'd missed my opportunity to find that because I, you know, I stayed in a different marriage for so long. Yes. So real quick, I want to just point out that so many times people get hung up on, well, she doesn't need me. He doesn't need me. When you are already taking care of yourself It's actually flattering to know if someone is taking care of themselves, it's flattering to know that you're in their life because they want you there. There's no ulterior motive with, I need money. I need your this. I need your access to that or or any of those things. It's just, I like you for you. Yeah. And I want to just be with you. Yeah. And um, I think that we yeah, really you can just show up and just be you. We don't have to have an agenda and it's still going to be amazing. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and to think like, well, you know, I've heard men say single guys who are looking for a partner say things like, well, she has this great job and she makes really good money. She doesn't need me or you know, she already has kids and, uh, you know, she doesn't need me for that or whatever. And it's like, 
Can you just be appreciated for who you are, not the thing you're bringing to the table other than yourself? And um, I think we should, people should think about that. Like it's flattering to know that someone wants you just for you with not what you have, what they can get from you all the time. Oh yeah. Because there's always um, that underlying like, oh, so if I don't do that or don't have that, like, am I going to lose this person? Like, is this real or is it just conditional? And exactly. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's, that's a huge fear for people. Like if it's just conditional, then like, this is going to go away at any time. So things were going well until they weren't. Yeah. Um, so, um, I had had a conversation with him on a uh, Sunday night, maybe a Monday night. Yeah. I think it was a Monday night and I was going to go over in the morning. I got the kids ready for school because uh, I had a part-time job at the time. So my hours were they vary. So I got the kids ready for school. I took them to school. I remember thinking, oh, maybe I should stop and get a coffee. And I was like, eh, not today. We can always go get one later if we want to grab one when I get to the house. Um, and so I drove her to the house and I parked. And when I walked up to the front door, I could hear the dog barking. And usually like the dog, if he barks for too, too long, he'll usually be like, hey, you need to quiet down. Like what's going on? And so I was like, hmm, that's interesting. The dog just keeps barking, but it's like, all right. Um, so I came into the house. Um, and the dog rang at the front door and I was like, oh, hey, you know, like, why are you, why are you barking so much? And started to walk to the back. And so I was like, you know, why, what's going on? Like, do you hear the dog barking? Is everything okay? Walked to the back, um, didn't, cause I didn't see him in the living room. I didn't see him in the kitchen. So I walked to the back to see if maybe he was working on something in the back. Um, didn't see him in the bedroom. And then I was like, huh, that's interesting. But then I saw that the bathroom door was shut. So I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he's like taking a shower again. So kind of knocked on the door and I was like, hmm, I don't hear anything. And at this point, like the dog is still really, really barking underneath the door. And suddenly like that weird feeling goes off. Like, oh, this isn't just the dog barking. Some, something's not adding up and something is really, really wrong. Something's different than most days. What is really happening? Um, so my alert level went up. So then I knocked on the door again and didn't hear anything. Um, so I cracked the door and then I called his name. And as I cracked the door, like the dog again, like kind of squeezed and went in and, basically so i i ended up finding him on the floor um i ended up having to call the paramedics they had me do chest compressions um they showed up and they told me that there really wasn't anything i could have done he had passed like in the night uh, i think oh, i'm trying to remember what they said it was something unexpected heart yeah something with a heart yeah uh but basically it was something that really like doesn't happen very often, but it was just one of these things that happened. Um, and like, so there weren't, there aren't usually like a whole lot of signs ahead of time. Um, and I was obviously a wreck. <laughs> um, I remember calling my cousin cause I had to stay at the house. Like, you know, like obviously like coroner had to come and the police were there and all these things were just happening around me. And that's kind of how it felt. Like it felt like things were happening around me. Um, I felt very dissociated from everything. I remember them coming and kind of kneeling down and talking to me and telling me like, you're okay. You know, you did everything right. There's nothing you did wrong. And all these things had to be contacted and all these other things. And um, I hadn't met his ex. Like she knew about me. We knew about each other. Um, But like, so we had to make sure that we contact her. She showed up at the house. Like we had to have some discussions and um, she was very, very graceful at the time for sure too. Um, But yeah, it was just a, a scenario you never 
ever in a million years for sure would have thought would ever happen for sure. Because in that moment, I still couldn't like, I still wasn't wrapped around it. Like I knew it. I'd said the words like, like he's gone and like, uh, you know, like he, you, like, but it still wasn't complete. Like that doesn't make any sense. We were supposed to go get a coffee or we're supposed to have a conversation or I just talked to him last night or he's supposed to text me later. Like when I go to work and see how the day went and we're going to tell each other funny stories about, you know, whatever. Uh, And then that wasn't going to happen anymore. And so that really led me into another period of just like grief, grief. Like I can't really explain because on the one hand, I felt like, I feel like I don't have a right to be this sad for someone I haven't known for like decades. And at the same time, it was like, someone loved me so much, like in a way that I can't put into words. It's like, again, it's this visceral feeling how much this person like absolutely unconditionally loved me and wanted to spend his life with me. And you could feel it. You could just, you could feel it in the room when we were together. And now this person was gone, like just quickly. And so, and also like, I mean, my kids had had conversations with them and like back and forth, like changing of movies and just silly things. And so now I had to break that news to them that like he was gone and they had, they had plans of like, Oh, well, well, you know, like when we go to a Marvel movie together, when we do this together and now we weren't going to do that. And so there was grief for them and being there for them. And then there was grief for me, hard grief, like really, really hard grief. And again, I just, my, I remember my cousin being so concerned that I was going to go back down this path. Like I went through with the ex and that it was just going to be me. And that this time it was going to be something that broke me. And I wasn't going to get back up from it again, because it was like, Oh my gosh, you finally found something that this happened. She just thought, this is it. You're you're just, you're just not, this is, this is what's going to do it. And there were, they were definitely concerned for sure. My cousin was concerned. I think my parents were concerned. Yeah. You like, I know a lot of people were very concerned. Um, I think the other concern maybe at the back of my parents' head was maybe that I was going to try to get back with the ex because now I'm just going to feel really alone. Like maybe that is all there is. Um, and I knew that that wasn't the case for sure. It's interesting because so you and I had been working together for a few months Mm -hmm. when Trey passed. Yes. And I remember thinking just what you said, your cousin thought. Uh, I remember thinking this might be the thing that really takes her down. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it in and of itself would have been very hard to go through. For sure. But when you pile it right on top of what you'd already. What I was just coming out. Yeah. And then finally starting to trust again. And finally. Yes. A marriage ending after so long Mm -hmm. is very hard. And a death is also very hard, but you put them together. This plus this equals, I was concerned that you might um, really, really be worse off than you were when the marriage ended, but you true to your form, you had found your footing. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not to gloss it over and say that it was easy. It yeah. wasn't easy. Oh, it's no. just yeah. you, you had reached a place emotionally and mentally of no return. Like you were still going to take care of you, whatever that looked like. You were going to have to figure out what that looked like, but you were going to take care of you. And I remember when you said you, you didn't tell me, you didn't tell me ahead of time, but when you told me that you had gone back on the app because you had realized that this, this kind of relationship was still something that you were open 
and that you believed would be out there for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But you definitely took it at your own pace to go from that loss and wrapping your mind around the fact that that had happened just on the heels of everything else. And I had to have a conversation with my cousin because like she, that whole, like those first three days, she was just like texting me and calling me and being really adamant. Like we need to go to dinner. I like, she didn't want, she wanted to make sure I was okay. And I just couldn't take the texts anymore. Not because I didn't love her and know where it was coming from, but like, I didn't have the energy to explain. And then finally, like, I would think a week later or so, like we went to, we went to brunch and I sat down with her and she was like, I'm really sorry. I was just really concerned. I said, no, 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 I get it. I said, but I couldn't tell you at the time it's because I was sad and I was grieving, but I knew even in that moment, like I was a different person when that happened than I was when the, when my marriage had ended. So it was more like I'm grieving and this is hard and I don't like it, but I knew in that moment I was still going to be okay. I knew like, I, this isn't, I, there was not a doubt in my mind that it was really going to break me. It was more just like what I need right now is some silence, some time to grieve and go through the things that may not make sense to everybody else, but I need them. So it was a lot of me making a playlist of every song that meant stuff to us, whether it was stuff he sang to me or stuff that we talked about together or like, so it was like me having that and just playing it at night after the kids went to bed in the shower and like crying, like crying, like crazy for like several hours or me getting all of the pictures that we had printed and just having them around the house. So I didn't feel alone. Like ever, he was like with me all over the place and just all of these things of surrounding myself with him and just slowly really starting to feel like, uh, again, this is like one of those woo woo things, but I really started to notice patterns of things and notice things that were really, really, I couldn't make sense of them for a while. And then it was just, it really felt like, oh, he's here with me. And he wants me to transition through this because he loves me a lot. Like, the day that he passed, it's a really weird story, but that morning in the kids and I were all in the kitchen in the morning together. And we're usually not, everybody's usually running around. We happened to all be in the kitchen at the same time. And the light in the liner room like flickered and went out for, and then came back. And it was weird the way it did it. It wasn't like a, it was like a huge like thing that where it went down. And I, and I remember looking up and going like, huh, that's interesting. And like, we just, we have a very, open-minded view about like passing and afterlife and thing in my house anyways. Um, again, culturally I'm Hispanic. So again, we do like the whole, like the los muertos and all this kind of thing. So it's not a, it's not a completely somber thing. It's like those people are always with you. Um, so when that happened, I was like, Oh, Hey, like I said ghost, but what I really mean is like the spirit of somebody, maybe like one of our family members or somebody, I guess is like, and, and I remember, I thought it was kind of funny and the kids thought it was funny too. And we didn't think about it. And then that the whole day happened where he passed. And like, and then I came home that night and I was bringing like the, I think the trash cans in from the house and I walked through the laundry and I just got this feeling. And that moment from the morning came back to me and I thought, Oh my gosh, that's super weird. Like, was that in my head? It felt soothing. It wasn't scary. It wasn't weird. And I know on the one hand, some people would be like, Oh, that was just you trying to make sense of something to make yourself feel better. But it wasn't like that. It really, really felt different than that. And after that, there were Again, things that I can't explain that would happen, like certain band that like nobody would even talk about anymore. And all of a sudden I would be somewhere and like somebody look exactly like him would walk by and have that band shirt on. And I was like, this is completely insane. What are the odds of this happening right now in this place that like he and I would like to visit or something? So 
that really was soothing to me too. Like, oh, I'm allowing myself to grieve and wherever he is in the ether of energy, like he's trying to bring something back to me too, to heal. And I think those things combined, um, not really having a timeline or a rule set or what it was going to be like for me, as far as grief was concerned, is what let me realize he gave you so much in teaching you that you can be loved and be open and be vulnerable and be your fun, silly self. And somebody will still love you that it would be wasted if you didn't keep trying to find somebody. Cause he did like, he wouldn't want that. Like if you, if he used his time to like pour into you and make you feel this way and show you that you can have a partnership, then what he'd want is for you to be really happy and have that partnership. Like it would be really sad that he did all of that. And then now, because he's gone and he can't do it, that I don't get it from anybody else. And so I really realized that like, that's not what he would want. And so I needed to kind of take all of these things that he gifted me with and this, this joy that I had for relationships in life and this optimism and go back out there. And even if I thought like, okay, it might not end well, might end up the same way again, Mm -hmm. but I'm also going to be me. I might never meet anybody that's as great as him, but maybe I'll meet somebody that's okay. Um, but I did it again. I kind of was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm going to start meeting people again. Um, and I did, I pushed myself because I thought if I don't do it now, the longer I grieve and don't do it, the more excuses I'm going to make for myself. It'll be like, well, now I've been fine for a really long time. So, so it was like, if I don't push myself to do it now, while I'm still kind of grieving, then I'm going to keep making myself like, think it's okay to just be like, eh, just never do it. Um, and so that's why I, I did it on a time scale that maybe on one end would look like, well, that was still really soon. But for me, it was like, yeah, it was soon, but I needed to do it then to start really pushing myself through that grief. And I felt really, really loved by him really still. And so I, I didn't feel like it was the wrong thing to do, I guess, is how, how it felt at the time. I love that you knew what you needed. And I love that you knew why the timing was right. Moose and I were talking about this recently. I think self-awareness uh, is the most important thing you can bring to any relationship. Because if you are self-aware, then you can express what your needs are. And um, when two people can do that, it's not about judging the need as being valid or not. It's about understanding that this is what they said they need. And um, how do I show up for that? What's my role? Yeah. What, what is mine to do regarding that? And having um, a person that you feel safe doing that with, because I think mm -hmm. that's a huge sign. If you're with somebody and you don't feel safe doing that with that person, then that's definitely something that I think needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much. Because it's a red flag if it's not. For sure. Yeah. Um, So our time is almost up. Um, Before we end, a couple of things. One, will you, because I know people are going to want to know like, what's the rest of the story? Will <laughs> you, is there something you can share for that you want to share for where you are right now with things? I have a fabulous job that I started uh, a couple of months ago back in my um, field, which I absolutely love. And I am dating somebody who I cannot like even put into words. He is like absolutely wonderful, just loving and patient and fun to be around and loves my personality. And just, it's, I can't put it into words. Like I feel really, really grateful every day that I wake up and like, we just, 
we just have each other. Like he's really grateful to have found me and I'm really grateful to have found him um, after the things that we've both been through. And um, yeah, I think, and even my relationship with him is one of the things like he's very, very supportive and um, really good about helping me see things in different ways. And so it's one of the reasons I have the position that I have because I kind of still hesitated. Could I go back into my field? And he was super supportive about really saying like, yeah, you know, you need, I really see in you that this is what you want to do. So I think this is what you need to do. Um, and so again, like I just, um, I'm super, super grateful for where I'm at. And obviously like it's still ups and downs with a lot of things, Sure, but no, like I, I, I can definitely share that is that I, I have a, a job that I'm grateful to go to every day after having really, really not thought that I could ever find something in my field after having been out of it so long um, and going in and just loving every day. Like there's nothing yeah. like going in and loving what you do and being grateful for having the chance to do it. Um, and then also like sharing life with somebody who is fantastic. Like, yeah. From where I'm sitting, one thing that I notice is that you get respect now in your relationship. Oh yeah. He's very respectful. And that is something you were missing for a long time. And that matters. Yes. Uh, it matters a lot. And I love seeing that because it, it does play a huge part in the relationship. Oh, yeah. I, I can um, be very open, very honest. I can say what I need. I can ask for what I need. And he's always very much about wanting to learn that he doesn't see it as like a chore or something difficult. He's he definitely wants to know how I work because we both want to put the work into the relationship to continue to love on each other even more and, and make it even stronger. I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Okay. So I really thank you for your right. So Moose was my first guest, <laughs> but he's going to be making recurring appearances on the show. But um, I, so, but you are my first guest, like official guest who is not big sexy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to thank you for this. I appreciate yeah, it very much. Before we go, um, I know that some people might like to contact you, but you've already said you're very introverted and private. Yeah. And um, so how, if somebody wanted to tell you something, how would you like for them to, what way would you like for them to do that? For me, I think it would be easiest if they contacted through, I guess, your um, email the link here, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I email you yep. and then you can always send that my way. Yep. And yep. obviously, yeah, I mean, I would be more than open to talking to anybody that might really need yep. to hear a response from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Regarding so the situation. Do you want to, um, if you have anything you'd like to share with Yvette, uh, the link to my email is in the show notes and you can send it and I will absolutely make sure she gets it and, you'll get a response. Thank you again for being on the show. Your journey has been incredible, unbelievable. Um, and yet at the same time, beautiful and amazing. And I know you feel that way too. Um, I think maybe sometimes you might, you, you live it. So maybe it's not always at the forefront of your mind, like, Oh, my life is amazing and beautiful and <laughs> wild and unbelievable because some things really are like, okay, what you just, I got to wrap my mind around this. You've had to do that. Yeah, when you say, yeah, when you say it out loud, if it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, um, 
but I have loved being a part of your journey um, as you've shared this with me, but I really appreciate you sharing it on here. I'm glad you wanted to do this. I love that it was your idea. Um, before the <laughs> podcast even started months ago, you were like, we got to talk about this because you oh, know. I, I knew you were going to do a podcast forever. I was just like, you need to do this. It's going to be phenomenal. You're one of the people who told me to do this podcast four years ago. I uh, yeah, I think so. I was like, yeah. trust me, do yeah. it. But, but uh, you know, you got to get the chicken parts out first, you know, but I love that you share this. I love that you knew as, as, because you're an introvert, I think sharing some of this probably would have felt a little awkward in some ways. But at the same time, I love that you knew the bigger picture is this is sort of a roadmap because so many of us go through similar things. Details are different, but overall, same, same. And um, the similarities are the places where we can connect and help each other because it's not about well, I was physically abused and you were not. That's not the part that matters. The part that matters is how do you go from where you are to where you want to be when you don't know how to get from here to there and you don't even know if you have the tools to do it and you're afraid of falling on your face while you're trying. And so um, I appreciate you sharing what you've done and letting it serve as a roadmap for women who maybe are on the same path as you, um, just way further behind you. So thank you very much. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. All right. That was my friend and former client, Yvette, sharing part of her incredible journey with us. If you want to hear more episodes like this, let me know. My contact information's in the show notes. And if you'd like to reach out to Yvette, send an email to me. That's in the show notes too. And I'll make sure that she gets it and she'll respond. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.